Welcome to the podcast Real People, Real Lives, Women Immigrants of New York, a storytelling project from New Women New Yorkers. Real People, Real Lives highlights a diverse picture of immigrant women living in the city. It elevates these narratives, moving beyond statistics and political rhetoric. In the summer and fall of 2020, we interviewed immigrant women from all walks of life. They were selected through an open call or reached out directly to ensure the participation of women from different backgrounds and affected by the pandemic in various ways. Participants talked about their immigrant experience within the backdrop of a year like no other, marked by the pandemic, Black Lives Matter, and the presidential election. Each story you hear is a unique mix of determination, hope, challenges, and victories, small and big. Today, meet Natalia, a nurse from Ukraine. A former journalist, she was satisfied with her career in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital. Then, the Orange Revolution hit leading the country to the brink of a civil war. Natalia applied for political asylum in the US, hoping to practice her craft in a free country. Journalism was not steady, though. She needed a stable job, one immune to crisis. Nursing was her choice, a profession that allowed Natalia to support her family in difficult times and to give back to the city during the darkest days of the pandemic. I got my bachelor's, my master's degree in Ukraine, and my dream, <laughs> my passion was to become a TV journalist for Ukrainian TV. And I had no idea that I would ever, ever leave Ukraine because Ukrainian language was my first language, that I would never be able to achieve my dream living abroad. So I didn't feel like a need to look for something else uh, in another country. I wanted to contribute to my own country. But things got to the point when it was uh, almost impossible to work as a journalist, to work as a woman in Ukraine. In 2005, we had an orange revolution, and then in 2009, we had a, a new presidential election. By that time, I worked for the press and media department for the mayor of Kiev. Then I became to work for a TV channel in Ukraine. I was writing a lot of articles as well. Uh, I was working as an editor and scriptwriter for a U Ukrainian program. But my passion was to create my own documentary project. When I came to New York to finish my documentary, I learned about presidential election in Ukraine. And I realized that it would be dangerous for me to go back. And I realized that my family has no future. Back then, it, it felt almost unreal that it's real. <laughs> In 2020, <laughs> and we have seen and witnessed the war with Russia and all the events after that presidential election. Like never ever in my lifetime, I would think that that could happen 
in Ukraine. I asked for political asylum in America as a Ukrainian journalist, and um, I had to prove is that I was a real journalist, all my credentials, all my IDs, all my articles. Uh, I received it uh, pretty like fast. I had the interview. I, I got it within a year. I was tired to look for bad stories, so I decided to go to nursing school. I wanted to be surrounded by positive people, and I wanted to contribute to society in a different way. So yes, journalism and nursing sounds different, but it has one idea. You help people. I remember when I got my um, insurance, I went to the hospital in New York, and I was just watching nurses and doctors, and I thought, like, wow, that's a respectable profession. And I knew nothing about nursing, about medicine. You don't need to fight on the streets. You don't need to carry a heavy camera. You don't need to, like, be involved in all this drama. You can just help somebody today at this moment and change his life. And I thought maybe I should become a nurse. <laughs> and at that point, I was also tired to be journalist because it's very unstable. It's like very unpredictable. It was so hard. I didn't even know what's OER in English. <laughs> it was how basic my medical terminology was. So it was a lot of work, but I knew that if the Third World War happens, I will always have a job and I would always be able to take care of my family. What helped me to survive in this country, in America, is just love for my parents, for my future imaginary children, because I knew that as a woman and as an immigrant, I had to sacrifice a lot, basically from working for one of the most prestigious uh, channels in Ukraine. I had to go all the way down and map the floor, <laughs> wash dishes, become a server, become a nanny. I changed so many different professions. Emotionally, it was hard, but I knew that if I be persistent and stubborn and believe that one day it will be paid off, my children will have better life, easier life. Because what's going on in Europe, it's... Um, it just has been like this historically. Every 20 years, something happens. One Second World War, uh, then another war, another conflict. So even if you work hard, there is no security that your children will have um, a stable, safe life. So I made that decision for children to go to nursing school, to be strong and um, stay in America. Um, and I had to accept that uh, nothing will come easy for me here. My parents never wanted to leave Ukraine because they don't speak any English. They had two houses. I have grandparents. And yes, they had a very humble life, but they didn't have to worry much about paying the mortgage or paying the credit cards or worry about the jobs, anything. But when things came to the fact that Russia might drop the bombs on Eastern Europe, <laughs> they started to think, <laughs> what if it really happens? And when it happened, um, so they became scared and concerned. 
and I told them that I invested so much time to build my life in America, uh, I would not be able to visit them. So if they want to see their grandchildren one day, they should make a decision. So what I did once I become American citizen, I sponsored them to come to New York. And uh, uh, luckily for me, I was already a nurse and uh, I had some income and I was able to do that. We lived in a one bedroom apartment. I lived with my parents in one room and I got a roommate just to save on rent. <laughs> my mom, she is a piano teacher and my dad, he's a, a pianist as well. And he also repairs pianos. My mom being a woman, she never complained a day. <laughs> she went to Brooklyn, bought a newspaper and got a babysitting job right away. Father being, he started to look for all random jobs like uh, construction or housekeeping. And, and of course it was hard on him because again, being uh, having a master's degree and being professional musicians, it was very hard for him to uh, feel as um, to clean the floor and, and start from nothing. Now they feel so much better. The way they worked, even for those pennies, they saw that families or children loved them or family respected them, um, that people recognize their high education as well. Uh, people could trust them and rely on them, trust with their children. So that kind of built confidence in, in them as well. Now my mom is not a babysitter anymore. She is a piano teacher. And my father, he got a job at a music conservatory For the first two weeks, it was a lot of chaos because we didn't have any instructions. Nobody knew anything to begin with. So I feel like it's so unfair to blame any doctors, any nurses, any hospital at this point because nobody knew what to do. The management kept changing the rules and protocols basically every single day. In the very beginning, it was scary. After two, three weeks, everybody got used to that. So nobody complained and it became a new norm. A lot of people have been through a lot this year and I feel so sorry for them and I so feel so sorry for those families who lost their loved ones. But for me, it has been one of the best years in my life. And the reason is that I have been working so hard to get my nursing degree. And also I have been working so hard as a nurse. As a nurse, you don't do just like injections and giving the pills. You also do a very dirty job as well. Sometimes you have to clean the floor and you always feel exhausted. This year, I just felt like Finally, our profession was validated and recognized. And yeah, it made me feel good. And of course, it, it made people around me feel good and feel proud of me. It just made me feel that all those decisions and choices I have been making for the last 10 years, they finally paid off. I have been trying to get pregnant for a long time as well. And it was a magic that I got pregnant basically during COVID time. <laughs> and yes, a lot of newspapers and TV were saying how stressful this year, how stressful our nurses. But actually, 
in reality, yes, it was stressful, but in the same time, it was a good feeling. I would never ever quit my job during that time. I felt that I could contribute to the community. I could contribute to the city. Uh, I felt very safe in the hospital as well. Uh, it was amazing teamwork. Um, and maybe all those positive emotions as well helped me to be like, this is my time and help me to get pregnant. <laughs> no matter what happens in the world or no matter what happens in America, in terms of economy, politics, even all my family members lost their jobs, I could support them and we could survive. It made me feel good. I had COVID as well, and um, my husband got COVID in the same time, so we actually don't know who got sick first because we both were in um, critical uh, fields, and he was working, I was working, and we don't know who got it first. I was not scared at all. I did my best to take care of him. Of course, like we isolated ourselves to make sure I would not transmit any infection. My husband, yeah, he was sick for two weeks and he had a very high fever. He, he was very, very weak. When he finally started to feel better, he became very anxious. He felt like he couldn't breathe, that he needed a ventilator on the oxygen. He like, take me to the hospital. Like he, he couldn't sleep for days. It was just like overwhelming. As for me, uh, I did have symptoms, but they were mild. I did have cough. I had a very strong headache, but I never had a fever. That happened first week of April and I got pregnant in May. I don't know why, but I just felt very calm. I cannot explain it. I think it's because I'm an immigrant. That's the only explanation I can because um, when you come to this country with $200 in your pocket and you don't know anybody, you don't know anything, you don't even have a work authorization, you have to be strong. You have to believe in your values. You have to be honest with yourself and uh, you cannot afford to complain. You cannot afford to blame somebody. Also because uh, in the end of the day, I came from Ukraine. I still remember how my family was going through Chernobyl time. COVID is terrible and a lot of people suffered. But at least we have some tools to protect ourselves, to protect our families. The worst case scenario, scenario you just stay home and lock yourself in. But when we had Chernobyl back in Ukraine, first of all, the government lied. And nobody knew that it actually happened for days. <laughs> and you cannot wear a mask or gloves or whatever you wear doesn't help <laughs> with radiation. <laughs> you eat an apple or you might have so much radiation. I remember like my grandparents used to test every vegetable or fruit for radiation level. After having that experience, <laughs> COVID was not so, um, so scary for me. Also after having experience when my family lost all their savings in 1991, when Soviet Union collapsed. And you understand you cannot blame anybody. Everybody kind of like in the same boat and it's 
unfair. Of course, having that experience helped me to be stronger and uh, kind of look at things differently. And of course, being a nurse as well. In Ukraine, you tell people, oh, I went to this school, or my parents work there. So you have that history behind you. When you come here, you're nobody. <laughs> and uh, the worst is that you have a bad stereotype on you, like a stigma, like you're this young Eastern European woman. I don't usually talk about it. When I came to New York, it was New Jersey, New York airport, and um I gave my passport and I had my five years business visa and I felt kind of like relaxed as well because it was not my first trip to America. I knew some girl who I was about to stay on the couch and finish my documentary. The officer in the airport, he asked me, so where are you going to stay? I said, I'm staying with this girl. What does this girl do? I said, uh, she's a professional dancer for Broadway. But I gave him the name, like New York City Broadway. He got very suspicious. And I was kept in a special room for five hours. They checked all my luggage. In the beginning, it was just funny for me what they were looking for. Plus, being a journalist, you are always looking for interesting stories. I'm like, wow, now I'm going to write a story about my personal experience. But then when they asked, started to ask me like inappropriate questions, as a woman, I felt very, very, not even upset. But I felt like all my world just collapsed. Just because I'm a woman, just because I'm from Eastern Europe, I have to go through this. It was very hard on me in the very end. And I felt like, yes, I have to sacrifice a lot. I have to prove a lot, but I will make sure my children will never go through this. Their questions were not in a nice way. They were like with the attitude to make me feel bad. It was hard, but in the same time, it also made me stronger. Like I felt like, I will do everything possible to prove opposite. That never happened again with officials. That never happened in my uh, nursing career or in my sc at school, in any place I worked. That never happened. In personal life, it happened a lot. <laughs> it happened every time, all the time, everywhere. It was very hard and um, I think I have very good coping skills because otherwise I would probably have lose my mind because of all those stories what happened to me in personal way to to be a woman it's hard and I know probably everybody every woman especially immigrant woman goes through that we just have to stay strong Well, in Ukraine, I never felt like I had a home, be honest with you, because my parents always had to move because of Chernobyl, because of politics. So my home is not, it's not a place. It's not a building. It's not an apartment or house. Now I'm married and my husband, it's my home. Whenever he is, it will be my home. Uh, whenever my parents are, it will be my home. Home, it's like the way you feel inside 
and uh, what people surround you. Time and information, you cannot buy it, but it can make your life so much easier and move you towards your goals. And you have to stay focused as a woman. There are many temptations. New York is an amazing city. Even now it's an amazing city. You have to have a plan and you have to be focused what your final goal is. And no matter what other people promise you, you have to be focused on your goal, follow your values, what your parents taught you. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. This week's episode was produced and scripted by me, Bruna Shapira, and Ariel Kandel. Editing is by Anna Zenskova. For more information about Real People Real Lives and the transcript of this episode, head to nywomenimmigrants.org. Next week, you meet Zoraya, an advocate for domestic violence survivors from Ecuador. The third edition of Real People, Real Lives, Women Immigrants of New York is made possible in part with funding from the William Talbot Human Foundation. Join the conversation by sending us an audio message about the episode or the series at anchor.fm slash realpeoplerealives. You could be featured in a future episode. You can also reach us at realpeople at nywomenimmigrants.org. See you next week.